0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The following is a presentation of the SpeedSport Podcast Network. Kyle Busch won the season opener at Talladega. DeGroote was second. He's the reigning champion. It's the iRacers download, where reality meets the virtual world of auto racing. Cardwell hoping it stays green. He nearly spins it around. Who's it going to be? Cardwell, Berkeley, or someone else?
1: iRacing's executive director, Dale Earnhardt Jr. I
2: think that NASCAR is starting to see the value and the opportunities that can present themselves working with iRacing.
0: From the SpeedSport Podcast Studios, powered by MyRacePass. Here are your hosts, Justin Prince and Taylor Burris.
1: Welcome to another edition of the iRacers Download from the Speed Sports Podcast Studio, powered by MyRacePass, as we have a really exciting show for you. Taylor Burris here, along with Justin Prince. Our producer is the great Richard Colbreth. As we have two special guests joining us here on the Download, Justin. He is this year's 2023 iRacing World of Outlaws Dirt Late Model Champion. Of course, none other than Evan C. joining us. And then later on in the show, winner from the E-NASCAR College Series this past week at Daytona,
0: Daniel Fulkingham joins us on the download. Yes, indeed. Two very intense races. Two very intense events in terms of not just battling for the championship in the case of the world about laws, in the case of C., but a nerve-wracking race for scholarship funds on the E-NASCAR side. To say the very least, Taylor both our respective drivers were discussing things with had a lot of pressure to say the very least to get where they got to coming into today
1: they certainly did and with that we're going to first sit down and talk to our champion in the 2023 iRacing World of Outlaws Dirt Late Model Series champion Evan C joins us Evan welcome back to the download it's been a while since we've had you on the show but of course first and foremost we have to give a big congratulations to you for winning this season's championship uh, walk us through what it was like to go back in this championship and come home with a championship.
2: Yeah, it was, uh, you know, pretty surreal. I mean, uh, we started off the season extremely strong, uh, just like last year, uh, you know, a lot of consistent finishes up front and, uh, you know, I think it was kind of halfway in the season that started to, you know, set in if we could just, uh, you know, keep those finishes coming and, uh, You know, it seemed like most of our uh, competition had had a bad race or two, and, you know, we was able to keep it up front, and, uh, you know, those final races was just about uh, getting the points and not having to actually outrun somebody each race. So, and uh, you know, we was able to – those finishes definitely paid off for us the last two races, and, uh, you know, was able to bring home another championship. I think that's an
0: understatement, the finishing positions because – with the championship race, for those who do not know, it looked to be, it was said to be chaotic, to say the very least. Incidents in the final round, just enough to win by one point. First, your mindset once chaos reigned, and you were out of the feature.
2: Yeah, I was, uh, I really didn't know the points, you know, obviously the situation the once I had gotten uh, taken out or whatever you want to call it. But uh, I know I had, uh, you know, Blake was leading and uh, my teammate Kendall was in second. They were both, uh, or at least Kendall had actually a shot at winning once I got taken out. And, uh, you know, him and Logan were right there next to each other in points. So uh, I kind of figured, you know, it would be pretty close between the three of us, uh, you know, depending on where I finished at. And then uh, I guess they were saying on the broadcast that once – Logan got in second. it was basically one point between us, and uh you know at that point, I just tried to help my teammate Blake and uh you know spot for him and you know trying to be his biggest fan those last twenty laps. uh you know it's kind of unfortunate we didn't get to race it out in the last two races, just some uh you know mistakes on other drivers, and uh you know just some driving it uh, you don't normally see in the final two races just uh you know took us out, but you know definitely. I got to give a huge props to my teammates for uh, holding it all for me.
0: Now, for those who didn't see the action for the context, coming into the heat rate, or rather the feature race, Rumsey and Tucker needed to win. C needed 18th or better in that respective case, if either of them won. However, as a result of an incident in the early stages, also involving Chase Barbara, it was 36 laps down and dead last in the feature for the 33 machine. The big thing you mentioned about being Blake's biggest cheerleader for the 50-lapper, here's the thing. Of course, picking up the win in the future over Rumsey by four-tenths, Wilson, Augustine, and Todd are the top five. When Blake Majulis took the victory, what was the reaction like from you knowing that was just enough by the point calculations to get you the championship by one spot?
2: Yeah, I mean, it was just... Uh... And I was still setting in for me, uh, you know, when he crossed the line. I mean, it was pretty much every lap there. You know, Logan was right behind him. And, uh, you know, if either one of those made a mistake or it was basically whoever made the first mistake was going to probably cost one of them to win. And, you know, it seemed like towards the end, Logan started to uh, just try pretty hard to get around Blake and he started to slip up a little bit. And it was definitely, uh, you know, starting to set in that, uh, you know, we was able to you know, going to be able to get it done those last laps, and uh, you know, really didn't really didn't set in until Blake, uh, you know, took the checkered flag because you know anything can happen and y'all can come out or something like that, and it was uh, you know, a whole new uh, whole new race, definitely for sure. But uh, I mean, it was uh, you know, definitely a pretty wild last race. I don't think I've ever seen a you know a race like that that would add that many uh, championship uh, contenders just get involved in wrecks and you know, go down to somebody winning the race. Uh, it was my teammate and helped me get a championship at one point. So that was uh, pretty crazy. Um, you know, I definitely don't want to have to have another race like that again, for sure.
0: And you we were talking before we got things going for tonight. And you mentioned it had not set in the $10,000 championship prize as a result in turn though, also a back-to-back champion. You look back to the history books. Previously, champions include drivers like Hayden Cardwell, your respective co-owner and teammate, Blake Majulis, and Zach Leon Hardy. A big distinction to become a two-time champion. How big is that in terms of, your, in your opinion, for the historical impact for being basically one of, if not the first, to do it in the late models in what about lost history on iRacing?
2: Yeah, I mean, I was... Uh pretty special uh you know to be able to not just get one but two of them i mean i always uh i never thought i would even get one i mean it was always a goal of mine to go for it and try to get one and once we you know once you get that first one is uh you basically have to go back and try to replicate the same success uh and otherwise anything else but that it's a little bit of a letdown but you know having the great teammates like Blake and Kendall, who have a lot of the experience in the series, uh, it just kind of helps uh, push you and drive you to to go back out and you know get get another one. Or you know, uh, if even if one of them got a uh, another championship for Blake, or if Kendall was able to get one, that would mean uh, to me just as be just as cool to see one of those guys wins uh, win for our team. And uh, you know, obviously they have picked up about six wins this year uh, between them. So that was uh, you know definitely another special season for us and uh just you know it kind of shows how uh you know me and blake and our team is kind of clicking along
1: well as we look ahead to some of the other championships of course we have the world of outlaws sprint car championship coming later on into december january of later this year into 2024 are we going to be seeing you going out there to try to go to sweep the dirt oval championships in this season or are you just going to try to focus on getting ready for other forms of racing, both whether it be on the sim or even in the real world?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we're still qualified in from last year in the sprints. And uh, I think we have a couple wins in the sprints uh, from previous years. So, uh, you know, definitely it's a whole new uh, build for a lot of people. So, you know, everybody's kind of fresh going into the sprints. No one has a whole lot of of laps on uh, this current build we have on them. So this, I kind of feel like it's uh, like twenty twenty one when we was able to pick up a couple wins and you know be right there in the hunt for the championship i think if we can have some stuff go our way and you know find some good speed uh you know we can have a shot at it but uh really just when it comes to the sprint cars and just try to have some fun uh you know definitely taking the late model side a little bit more serious but uh you know i mean this year uh, we're definitely giving a shot and uh you know we have kendall now in, in the sprint series also so uh you know it's probably going to be uh just me and him and you know we're trying to get a couple other guys from our team in through the qualifiers and uh you know go for another championship
1: well evan before we let you go is there anywhere people can go to follow your career in the sim world as well as keep track of where we can see you on the in the future
2: yeah um, you can go to uh you know for I R L racing at least you can go to see our Performance on Facebook and uh, you know see all, all of my uh karting on there and uh, you know when I'm not I racing that's what I'm doing and then for the sim racing side uh, we have C Speed Shop on Facebook uh, you know post a lot of stuff uh, from my racing on there uh, you can find setups on CFMESports.com that's our uh, website and we offer setups for pretty much every dirt car. Uh even has some short track asphalt stuff on there now. So uh that's pretty much uh where you can find me on social media and uh you know so if you're needing setups or even coaching, uh, you know, come look us up.
1: Well that is your 2023 iRacing World About Laws butt Kicker Late Model Series champion, Evan C here on the download. Of course you can catch the rest of all of the championships. For the iRacing World of Outlaws series on iRacing's amazing plethora of social media platforms, and of course, get ready to tune in later on in the winter time where we go sprint car racing and see if Evan C goes for back-to-back championships in this year. Coming up after the break, Daniel Falkingham on the download.
0: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for or the perfect table.
2: Hey, where are you?
0: And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card.
2: Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so
3: glad you made it.
0: And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome back to the iRacers download from the SpeedSport Podcast Studio powered by my race pass. Just a Prince Taylor Burris, Richard Colbreth with you as we move forward in the discussion on the iRacers Download about eNASCAR. And well, school is in session, not just when it comes to the college semesters, but for the eNASCAR College iRacing Series. Once again, powered by NAICS Star League, the series made its return with a race at Daytona with the NASCAR Xfinity Series cars. And to say it was a crazy finish is an understatement. It came down to a three-wide battle up at the front of the last lap before the big one struck, going through turns one and two. Daniel Falkingham, in turn, held on to win by just 15 one-thousandths of a second to take the top prize and lead his only lap of the race, beating Anthony Burroughs at the stripe as the entire field crashed in turn two and down the backstretch. Daniel Falkingham now joins us. Daniel? How does it feel to win in the craziest of fashions to start the season?
3: Yeah, man. Yeah. It was awesome to just say I, to be a college series winner is awesome because I've been trying to win one of these races for the last year or two. I've been I've been doing it for a little while now, and just to finally be able to say I've won one of those races is pretty cool. And to to do it at Daytona, of all places, is crazy because I don't feel like I have the greatest like uh, plate races because the last race before this one back in April, I got wrecked out at the end. So uh, it was good to be on the other side. have better luck be on the other end of things, but uh, it feels great to be able to win. And indeed,
0: and pr- apologies if I'm mispronouncing this, you're from Maine at
3: Machias? It is uh, Machias. Machias. Pardon me on that one. Don't worry about that. A lot of people on the broadcast have, have, have screwed it up a little bit, but uh we're, we're going to get there eventually. But uh, it's definitely hard to pronounce when you first see it, but it's all good.
0: Well, it's big on scholarship funds either way in that regard. But talk us through the fight because... Looking back at the angles in that, absolute chaos. You and Burroughs, middle and top line. On the inside line, going into turn one was Benjamin White. Ben White from Pensacola State. Then there was the contact. It looks like off the door in mayhem. What was that mindset on that final lap after finding up at the front, all race long, and several contenders, such as Liam Sheen and several more, getting into the midst of chaos right behind you.
3: Yeah, it was just all about just placing myself in the right spot just to be ready for that opportunity because, like, me and Benjamin White, we worked together really well those last 20 laps. So, we we pretty much had a set plan because we knew Liam Shee and Anthony Bros were working really well together controlling the lanes up at the front, like, that entire second half of the race. So, we knew with me and him working together, and we had Colton Saylor working with us, too, we knew we had to split those guys up. And then we were able to, and then when that last caution came out, we it was us two on the front row, me and Ben. So we were able to like, try to control that and see if we can get one of us that win. And then, start of the last lap, man, going into turn one, bro, he was just trying to pinch me down as much as he could because obviously he was trying to, get, trying to side draft me a little bit and just trying not to leave me any room, trying to leave no room for error. But he came down a little bit too much where he actually ended up hitting my door. Or there's a little bit. I don't know if there's like some sort of connection issue or something, but he really never hit me. But he came down enough where it actually hit my car and sent me down to bend. That's what really what caused the wreck because I held my lane pretty well. But he just came down and dormed me a little bit. But other than that, just we survived. All everyone else wrecked behind us. It was like a two man show right there. And thankfully, I knew what I had to do going down the back straightaway because I had a lot of time to think about what I was going to do. And thankfully, I think I could have not been in a more perfect spot because I was able to pin Anthony up to the outside wall. And I was able to just pretty much do what I could do what I wanted to do with him because after we wrecked, and it was just us two, I really was playing with the throttle a lot down the back straightaway because I was actually lifting a little bit down the back straightaway all the way through to turn four because my sole purpose, my sole goal coming off turn four was for him to be ahead, pull him back with the side draft on the left rear, and then pull him back and then beat him to the start-finish line. And thankfully... I played that plan to perfection, going through turns three and four, pinched up, pinch tried to pinch it up against the wall, side drafting and come down the line. And then thankfully used that apron to my advantage because there was no yellow line rule in the college series. So I will use that to my advantage. And thankfully it was enough to beat him in the end. And I still can't believe how close to a finish that was. Literally, like I said, that race, nothing could have gone better than what transpired.
0: And very huge. When it comes to the scholarship funds, $1,000 already locked in. This year, moving to a full series points system, per se, in regards to the full title pool amongst the scholarships in the A event categories, how big in terms of that, or how helpful should I say, is that extra thousand in terms of helping with the scholarship funds to help with the tuition? I know it's a little less than last season's, yes, for the overall wins, but it's still big in terms of the season complexion when you score the points.
3: Yeah, absolutely, man. Thousand dollars goes gonna go a long way, and of course, the one time I win a college race, it's not thirty-five hundred like it was last year. But uh, just, I mean, that would just be my chances, unfortunately. But uh, it's it's still great, like be able to win a race, and but just have that tuition money come along with it too. It, it goes a long way, especially with this. If everything goes to plan, I should be graduating at the end of this year. So thankfully, I get try to run these last few races I can, try to get that last bit of tuition money and whatnot. And what also kind of sucks, too, is I'm not going to be able to run the next two to three races, is because we got the E-NASCAR Contender Series coming up, and uh, with how my Coke season has gone so far, it's been pretty miserable. I'm going to have to drop back down to the College Series and try to re-qualify again. So, unfortunately, with though with the College Series and uh, the Contender Series lining up on the same night at the same time slot, I won't be able to do the next few races in the College Series, because so, I'm going to have my full focus on Contender. So it was definitely key to try to win that race, to try to gain as many points as we could, because I don't know really like how the points are going to work out when we get down to the second half of the year, because I will be back to racing in uh, January when everything's all freed up again. So it was definitely key to get that win, to try to just get those maximum points, and then we'll just see, we'll see how everyone else falls, because I definitely feel like I can qualify into all the other races, and I feel like I can run top 5, top 10 every single race. So. Definitely uh definitely gonna be gonna hurt us in points, just not being there every single race. But uh a few of my other compatriots like Burroughs and uh, Matthew Zwack and some of those guys that are running the college series that are gonna be in the contender series too, that's gonna hurt them as well. So uh definitely gonna be interesting to see how it's gonna come down to in terms of points. Just him hey, gonna miss out on all those races, but it's just uh it's just the way it ended up and that's how we gotta live, unfortunately. But uh so yeah, it was definitely vital getting that win for sure. Let's and- talk
0: about Go ahead, Justin. It was about you. Go ahead. I think you had the same thought.
1: Yeah, I mean, walk us through this season, Daniel. I mean, it was a tough season. I have to agree with you on in the E NASCAR Coke Series. Compared to your teammate, though, what were some of the differences you had to deal with in this championship?
3: I think it was more or less like just me being so new to the series. Like I really, like I've watched the Coke Series over the last several years, and I just see like how these guys race and stuff. But just like being in the thick of it. I was not prepared for how aggressive these guys actually get, and nine times out of ten, I literally have been in a wreck, like, every other week. Like, it is, seems like no matter what I do, I'm always in the wrong spot at the wrong time. Because even, like, before Phoenix, from, like, a stretch from, like, what was it, New Hampshire to, I think it was Dover, I was involved in the last lap crash for, for four straight races, which didn't help my case either, so... Like there are some weeks where I definitely think I can run top twenty solidly. Sometimes top ten, and there's other weeks where I just get junked. And it just, it just been, it's just been one of those years, man. Unfortunately, but thankfully, like Bobby, my teammate over at JGR, has been able to pick up the scraps. It was great for him to make the playoffs. Unfortunately, he didn't make the final four, which was unfortunate for him. But I just, I just feel bad because like if I get, if I was not getting wrecked over and over, I really legit think I could have a shot at the top twenty of points. And because of how I've been running lately, I feel like I've been running at my best. So just, it's just unfortunate just getting collected in all the bull crap with everyone else. Because I definitely have been bringing us down in the team standings a lot, which, which is, I just hate. I just feel bad for Bobby and JGR for just bringing those guys down because they definitely feel like we could be top six in the points as long as everything just went properly. But just the, it's just the way it goes sometimes. Just me being a rookie in the series. It's just you're gonna have, you're gonna have those years. That's part of racing and i just hope i can uh requalify back through the contender series and be back in for 2024 cuz i definitely feel like i got some unfinished business over there and i definitely feel like i got something to prove just got just got a little chip on my shoulder you could say but uh yeah it's just just been one of those years unfortunately and uh we got one more race left this tuesday at homestead so hopefully we can go out on a high maybe take some momentum from the college win and uh maybe turn it into a pretty good race over there and just uh we'll see how the final four uh the final four race goes as well
1: well, before we let you go, Daniel, anywhere people can go to follow you on the sim world or even in the real world for anything you got going on. And uh, what can we expect to see for you other than, of course, competing in the Contender and the College Series through the rest of the year? Anything else we could expect to see you in?
3: Uh, yeah, uh, I'm running F- I'm running in FTF, the FTF Cup Series. Uh, we just started our playoffs this past Sunday night at Bristol. Uh, we had a decent first round over there, but... Uh... Like, we had some stuff all the way, some stuff didn't go our way, but we're still sitting good in the standings after the first race to the playoffs. So, we're trying to go for a championship over there in FTF. It'll be very tough to, to get one over there, but we're going to try all weekend over there, and then obviously trying to get back to Contender and all that just around the year out. But, uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter. Instagram is where you'll mostly see me, at Dan underscore Falkingham. And I also stream on Twitch at uh, twitch.tv slash Dan underscore Falkingham underscore 30. I actually did stream the college race this past Tuesday night. Uh, every, all 60 laps and the finish. And I was, uh, if you look back at my stream, uh, I was very excited when I crossed that start-finish line. So uh, oh. you have to go you have to go back and check that out. But uh, yeah, that's where you can follow me. I, I always stream every race I can. I stream the Coke races, stream the FTF races, stream the college races. And I'll be streaming the contender races when that comes up as well. So uh, very active over there when I'm trying to race. And also you, I mentioned my socials as well. So very, very active in the sim community.
1: I can say when we watched you take home that win, the excitement you had where you even look back at the camera to just give that big excitement. We were happy about that behind the scenes covering that race. So congratulations once again, and we'll see you at Homestead.
3: Yeah, I appreciate you guys. Appreciate you guys having me on, and uh, hopefully we can go to Homestead and end this season on a high note. Uh, I know it's been a rough year, but we're going to go end it as best we can. But I appreciate you it, appreciate it, guys. Thank you very much.
1: That is Daniel Falkingham with Joe Gibbs Racing and winner of the 2023 eNASCAR iRacing College Series at Daytona. Coming up next, the news of the week. You're listening to the iRacers Download from the SpeedSport Podcast Studio, powered by MyRacePass.
2: We're driven by the search for
0: better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, you need indeed. Welcome back to the iRacers download from the SpeedSport podcast studio, powered by My Race Pass. Just Prince Taylor burst with you after discussing things in the NASCAR College Series with Daniel Falkingham. A big win for him and what's been an up and down Coke Series campaign, thirty if behind around 37th actually in the points entering that respective race. Let's char- turn the pages over to some other racing action though. That's not the only world championship in the midst of swinging a forward. The Grand Prix Turn Racing iRacing Series. Its second round taking place at Durens. Just on September the 21st. For Matt Emery. Broke through with Vellante Esports to give them the victory by three-tenths of a second. ART's Migueli Constantini. 1.4 seconds back with Piroswap Lemonek. And one of the drives of the day was a comeback from an early incident from Jakub Majajewski, who picked up a six-point finish for Drago Racing. He said on social media after the race, he thought his heart rate went up to as high as more than 200 BPMs during the comeback drive. Leo, uh, Eduardo Leo and Marcos Nunez in between him on the pylon, representing the VRS brand. Tailored so far that series, bringing lots of thrills, it had some lower expectations with the Delara IRL 1 coming in, but it's produced some exciting racing as seen with the qualifying series and some of the hype built up from that.
1: It certainly has, Justin. I mean, this championship, ever since the new updates have come into play for this car, we've seen a lot of things changed with how the racing is and how this championship will be, including, exclu- exclu- I should say, that we're now going to be seeing oval racing involved with this championship especially at the next round at texas motor speedway in a week's time so you're really going to see some exciting action i mean this is basically a mix of what we have where we see formula one since we have formula one cars on the circuit or on the service and formula usa cars, since we can't say the i word unfortunately and this is going to be a way a good way to where we could combine both of these styles of racing that we love on the service for this world championship, because honestly, not anytime soon, I would have to say, Justin, where we'll see a championship utilizing the F1 car that we have, such as the Mercedes or a championship utilizing the
0: Dallara IR 18. Yeah. I'm very intrigued in terms of how the Texas race goes, because in the league scene, that car, the Dallara IR 01 does put on some great racing with the right setup. It just takes a lot of patience and a lot of coordination to do so. Now, that being said, in that regard, I'm very curious how it all plays out in that regard for the rest of the way, especially at Texas and especially when it comes to the other races on the calendar with how things could, that could play out of the year going.
1: It's going to be exciting, and we'll see what happens on the 28th of September at Texas Motor Speedway. Catch all the action on iRacing streaming platforms in next week and then of course we head to Silverstone, Zandvoort and Detroit for the following rounds in the month of October.
0: And in turn, moving the page over when it comes to some of the news of the week, let's turn the page discussion over to some iRacing content because a very hopeful announcement came through on September the 19th. It was confirmed that SRX, the Superstar Racing Experience is coming to iRacing. As of 2024, that includes the scan of the car. And keep in mind, a majority of the tracks they've ran at in the past and currently are on the service. It was talked about in the release by Tony Gardner. He expects it to be a quick and seamless integration. And when you think about this in turn, it could open the door for more short track content. That about I can hear about 50,000 people screaming, Give me my favorite short track on the service.
1: Well, some of the circuits that we already need to have on the iRacing platform, one of them, of course, is Slinger Speedway, which was raced for a couple of seasons back in 2021. 2022, of course, the only track that we really need is Sharon Speedway. And then from this year in 2023, Berlin, the Motor Mile, and, of course, Lucas Oil. Probably Thunder Road. Don't forget Thunder Thunder Road. Yeah, Thunder Road is another one, too, up in Vermont. So you're looking at a very good mix of tracks. And, of course, going into 2024 with what they're planning on doing with other tracks, whether it be both ovals, dirt, or
0: even a herd possibility of some road courses, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. It produced intense racing and had a good discussion with someone actually yesterday in terms of how that content could play out. The big thing in that regards to that, Taylor, is, remember, this is a series people consider as the modern-day IROC. You know what the service didn't have coming prior to this announcement? And once this comes out, we'll have a card that is the modern-day IROC. So yeah. it opens up the doors, too, for the user base to say, let's try this at Daytona. Let's try this at Spa, to borrow a point. The colleague I was speaking with last night about this has had to say about it. Because, guess what, we seen what happened with people with Mooncar using MX-5s at Martinsville. Cue Martinsville test earlier in September. So who knows what happens if you allow the chance for people to see what works, and then they look and say, this is one of the most popular user-used content uses of our car. Let's see if it works for the real world from our testers.
1: Well, not only that, but this car here is probably going to be the most diversified car on the iRacing platform when it's released. You're talking about a car that can utilize ovals, short tracks, dirt racing, and even road course racing, most likely, once we see them race on the road courses. And who knows what to say? We'll probably see Mooncar utilize this car on some of the rallying courses on the iRacing platform before this is all said and done. So you're looking at a car that could be used for just about everything on the platform.
0: Are you trying to say they're going to try and run it on Mount Washington with this car? Have a hill climb with the Uh, Soapbox Derby version? I would be disappointed if they didn't. I mean, we saw
1: them use the Formula V car for this, and I'm pretty sure people have used the Formula Ford and everything else. I mean, you look at the time trials on iRacing, and you see how many different cars they use strictly for the Mount Washington hill climb.
0: Well, I think you just spoke a potential event into existence. Uh, You might want to trademark that before they get to that.
1: I know I need to check, but make sure that's on grid vision, of course, down the road.
0: (laughs) We'll see. Indeed. We'll see. Indeed. Again, for more details, go to iRacing.com. And here's another layer to that. Remember, iRacing did acquire the company who last produced the console game SRX had, Monster Games, just in the past year. So think about that as well for the future pipe.
1: Yes, indeed. So it's going to be exciting to see. And of course. Things to preview coming up in the world of iRacing. Of course, next Tuesday on the September 26th is the season finale for the eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series at the Homestead Miami Speedway and being held at the Charlotte NASCAR Hall of Fame in Charlotte, North Carolina. And it's going to be exciting to watch from start to finish as four drivers battle for $100,000. And those lucky four drivers are none other than the following. Garrett Lowe. Tucker Minter, Nick Ottinger, and Steven Wilson. Out of those groups, you're looking at one champion. The other three have never won a championship. One is a rookie. Two, one has made the Final Four, and I believe Garrett Lowe has come close but never made it to the Final Four either. So we have two rookie Final Four competitors, one former champion, and one who has made a return to the Final Four.
0: And with it being on Homestead-Miami Speedway racetrack circuit-wise, I think it's going to be intense. But the major thing, again, people seem to forget is you're talking about the championship for in the same building, in front of a live audience, and one of the most prestigious locations in all of NASCAR history. It's Hall of Fame. Last year, that created a lot of storylines and that emotion with Casey Kerwin. This time around... It's even bigger because now you're talking about a year after things have opened back up in terms of spaces even more so. There's the chance potentially you think about of more people than what they had last year. We're talking about a chance to get the trophy in person instead of having to wait for Homestead Miami or Phoenix Championship weekend as part of the celebration and then go to Phoenix to finish the celebration in front of more fans. In turn, though, you're talking about a lot of speed from your top four. Nick Oninger I think you can throw in as one of the favorites. He and Michael Conti, I think because of the partnership especially with the Conti speed over the years and with it being his final season, I expected Oninger to be here. I expected Conti honestly to be here with them, but he's not. That unfortunate. Yes. But Tucker Minter, he's been a well-regarded setup builder for about the past what, 5 years, give or take. Remember that name first came up as a truck builder? During the 2020 year with the happy hours, now he's one of the hottest prospects in terms of speed. You throw in Garrett Low; he's had good speed much of the season. Had some great calls to be able to survive some of the chaos and to be able to get that advance at Michigan in the first place. But Stephen Wilson, Stephen Wilson, you throw him on a racetrack, he can be a contender for the championship, no matter what. We've seen that already. But the dirt side where he was a solid driver there. He's up to that level about 10 notches on the cup side for Coke.
1: He certainly is, and we'll look forward to seeing the action next Tuesday on all of iRacing and NASCAR streaming platforms. Make sure to tune in to see who is crowned your 2023 champion, and we'll see who is coming out. We'll have him here on the download next week. So for both of our guests, Evan C. and Daniel Falkingham, for my co-host Justin Prince and our amazing producer, Richard Colbreth, I'm Taylor Burris. Thank you for listening to the iRacers download from the SpeedSport podcast studio
0: powered by iRacepath.